0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Ema Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Tillery. I hope you're having a wonderful day. We are fresh off Big 12 Basketball Media Days, and we have a whole lot to talk about, and I am excited to do so. Before we do get into it, guys, let me tell you this. Go ahead and consider giving us a five-star rating review, and when you do, take a screenshot over to that review. It helps us out immensely. Send it over to Pete Mundo. That's Pete, M-U-N-D-O. At Heartland College Send it his way. He'll send you back a free koozie to rock for the rest of your time. Supporting HCS and the Big 12, we appreciate it immensely, guys. It does a ton for us, and we always appreciate having some extra support as well as hooking you guys up. So it's a quick token of our appreciation for you. But, guys, let's talk some Big 12 basketball media days. Now, I am local in Kansas City. If you've listened to the podcast a couple of times, I've probably mentioned that once or twice. So it wasn't too much of a hike for me to get over there, which is pretty sweet. The event was at the T Mobile Center, which is formerly the Sprint Center, if you're not, you know, up to date on the Kansas City uh, lore, I guess I would say. So we go into the T Mobile Center. It's pretty sweet, you know, the Women's Day first and the Men's Day second. For the first day of the event, you had each coach come out and bring three players on stage, and they had a mediator kind of asking questions to each, as well as taking live questions from the audience. Nothing too controversial or crazy happened during the entire event, but there were some things to talk about specifically related to Kansas State. Now, I know that people will say this. People will look at the crowd, and I'll I'll refer specifically to the men, but obviously, in this case, Jeff Mitty was a popular guy on the women's day, on the first day. But focusing more specifically on Jerome Tang, as the coaches finished off on their main stage panel, they would go back and then there'd be kind of a breakout session with the coaches and then each hub of their three or four players, whoever they brought, they'd all take the stage together. They'd have seven coaches take each podium at a time. So next it would go from right to left, I think it was Jerome Tang, Johnny Dawkins, uh, I forget who was in the middle, maybe it was TJ Otzelberger, or it was a Mike Boynton or something along those lines. And so the first block, they had Kansas State, so that way they didn't have to conflict with KU and K-State in the same hub for all the local Kansas City coverage. By far, the biggest crowd of any coach of that first break was Jerome Tang. I mean, it it was impossible to get through. You know, I tried to take some pictures for the story, and I'm having to stand on top of chairs. Run up into the stand, you know, the seating section, and take a picture over it like a like an aerial drone. It was incredible to see the amount of support Tang in the Cats had. However, the second break, what they do is they go seven coaches lunchtime seven coaches. In the second spot, they bring out Kansas, they bring out Houston, they bring out some big names in that sense. So you have Kevin Sampson, you have, or Kelvin Sampson, excuse me, you have Bill Self, you have a couple of guys here and there that are bigger names. You know, Wes Miller was out there, but understandably, Bill Self has the biggest crowd because he's Bill Self, and this event is in Kansas City. However, when you look at that crowd, Jerome Tang had a bigger crowd than Bill Self in this event, which doesn't mean much, and I'm not saying this to play the poke fun at KU game because that's not really my MO. All I'm saying is this. It ties into my next point. The brand of Kansas State Athletics is continuing to grow. It is continuing to stretch borders, to get wider, to get bigger, and there's something specific that Jerome Tang spoke about up on the main stage before his breakout hub, to talk directly about the complete overhaul of the Kansas State brand. When asked about a recent trip with Dion Sanders and the rest of his crew to go meet the Colorado coaching staff, talk with Dion. Coach Tang unloaded a great statement. He talked about just the evolution of the program and where the program can be. I want to play this audio clip because I think it's something really great, and we'll talk about it a little bit. So let me send this your way here now. Jumping in, this is Jerome Tang. I think it was the second or third question of the day. Here you go. Here's the floor.
1: I've known Ray Forsett, who's Dion's chief of staff, for a very long time. And uh, I knew him as a high school coach. We recruited one of his players, Isaiah Austin, and uh, played for us at Baylor. And so I have a long relationship with him, and his dad, Pops, and Justin, his brother. And uh, Ray and Dion have worked together for years. And um, then uh, I learned about Constance, um, who's, who runs Smack and. Uh, I, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to to expand uh, what I was doing because, you know, I, there, there's a fine line between going from good to great, and I thought we were good, and but I want to be great, and I want to be around great people. And uh, Ray opened the opportunity for me to be able to meet with uh, Dion, find out roster management, staff management, things like that from him, and then uh, with Constance about how to take our brand, the K-State, brand and uh, not just make it national because it already is but make it global and uh, because I believe that I'm in the best place in the world and we can win national championships and compete for national championships every year and so you know I want to do my part to put us in that position
0: what never fails to impress me about Jerome Tang is his deep futuristic sight I mean the guy can see eight to ten years in the future of where he wants to go with this program at all times and I don't know if that's something that I knew about him coming in You know, I think when you bring a guy in, you want him to be a good basketball coach. You don't think about the father figure or the man as much as you do off the the immediate top of the head. Jerome Tang reinforces that with every word out of his mouth, that he is truly here to not only be a representative of Kansas State, but to show the world how many incredible things can happen when you love people and you're in the right place, when your heart's in the right place. Jerome Tang continues to do that, continues to show that. And now his mission is focused on going from good to great. That's what you want to see. That's what any coach wants to see, but the ones that can do it successfully. you know you've heard the old adage of Bruce Weber saying well it's it's really tough to recruit to Manhattan Kansas you know the highway or the uh, the airport isn't always finished it's pretty small you got to drive a couple hours for any that you know that's such BS and you see that now. Jerome Tang has already landed a top 10 recruit excuse me multiple top ten recruits in Kansas State basketball history since taking over the program and in case you didn't know, Guy brings in a four-star recruit in David Castillo and then shortly after is in heavy talks and is beating out the likes of a Kentucky and a Duke for Pat Gongba. That's incredible. A five-star top 20 player in the country that's heavily considering Manhattan, Kansas and is taking his second official visit this weekend for the TCU game. Jerome Tang leads that charge. And you don't know how quick that can happen. It's crazy. I mean, you look at the program like Kansas, and I know that for whatever it's worth, people are going to say, well, Kansas cheats, and Kansas does this. I'm just going to say this. Bill Self, what what the entire program has done, it's even before Bill Self, I don't mean to just group Bill Self as the guy, but you look at their successful history, I mean, they had years of incredible coaches, and the one thing that you know is Kansas basketball will always be elite. That's the thing you know. What you haven't known about Kansas State is that they can be elite, they can win recruiting battles against the likes of a team like Kansas. And all it needed was the right guy in charge. All you needed was the right staff in charge. People that show that Kansas State is one of the best places in the world and that everybody needs to know that. That's the difference. So hearing Jerome Tang talk about going to meet with a guy like Deion Sanders and take the brand global, not just national, because, you know, he's exactly right. Kansas State already is a national brand. I mean, just for example, my girlfriend goes up to school in Minnesota And when she talks about Kansas, or excuse me, Kansas State, when she talks about her school, she's like, oh, Kansas State. And then it's like, oh, they're really good at basketball. And then you have to ask a secondary question of, are you thinking of the right school? And they say, yeah, the red and blue ones. And that's never correct. It's never been that. It's never been, oh, Kansas State, purple and white. We know them, lavender, K-State. That's those guys. Jerome Tang, the boy. It's never that. Now it can be. Now it will be. You saw last year through March Madness, Kansas State was America's team. Mr. New York City, Marquise Dewell, writing headlines. Keontae Johnson, one of the most triumphant comebacks in Big 12 basketball history ever. Not even just Big 12 basketball, in the history of college sports. Keontae Johnson does that. And in his first year with the program, puts two guys in the NBA that will get serious minutes already. Has the first NBA draft pick since 2014-15, I believe it was, with Wesley Iwundu, Going to the Orlando Magic, I think. I could be wrong on that one off the top of my head, but... Then you have a guy like Dean Wade. go sign a two-way contract. You haven't had a ton of NBA success. Jerome Tang is changing that, absolutely. And while I know people are one way or one way or the other about Dion, where they're like, "Well, this guy does too much," or it's, "Hey, Coach Prime is that guy? He's changing Colorado, Colorado football." I'm definitely closer to that side of, look, when you can revamp an entire athletic program in one year, I'm not going to crucify you if you go, you know, six and seven on the year. You go one and eleven the previous year, whatever the case was with horrific attendance, and then one year under Deion Sanders, you're beating ranked teams, you're in serious games late, you've got a Heisman contender at quarterback, that doesn't happen in one year. With guys like Jerome Tang, guys like Deion Sanders, that can happen. And what I love about that is this, because I know there's a chunk of you that could be rolling your eyes about this. The thing that is indisputable, you cannot disagree with this, Coach Prime at Colorado, all of the merchandise associated with the team, has skyrocketed in sales up 500% from the previous season. Jerome Tang has that type of capability. He stepped out, and I'll tell you about a funny conversation, I had a minute. He stepped onto the stage wearing the throwback bomber jacket, for, I think it was a Charlie Hustle exclusive, white jacket that says Cats Across the Chest, with the Coach Prime Blender shades on. Steps out there, and then the matching, you know, the lavender uh, Air Force Ones. Looks incredible has the charisma, the energy that you want from your head coach. Steps on stage and everybody says this dude is the best. Absolutely. Then you get every other coach in polos and jeans. It's the same same narrative over and over. Jerome Tang is the flashiest guy, and he's not that guy that's going to go out there and say, you know, "Hey, look at me. Look what I'm doing. I'm this That's not Coach Tang." But what he is is a great business mind and a smart man who knows what it's going to take to get K-State from okay, you're good in the Midwest. You can win some recruiting battles for 3 and 4-star guys, too. We can take anyone in the nation. We can win recruiting battles. These are serious conversations we can be involved in with five-star players. I mean, that's a real situation. And I'm sure that if I had to give you my idea of what Coach Prime and Coach uh, Tang talked about in that meeting, I would bet that Dion made it known, like, you know, your program is as good as your public appearance. And obviously there's things behind the scenes that will never get talked about, good things, bad things, whatever the case is. If the coach isn't out there promoting every single day for Kansas State Athletics, for Colorado a- Athletics, then the program's not going to get the same thought that everybody else is. You saw what happened with Colorado. They revamped guys who haven't watched college football in 10 years, 15 years. People start tuning in every Saturday. Jerome Tang has that effect, and it's only been one year. I would bet this, because I don't think we're done. You get a guy like David Castillo in, which is already committed, guy looks like a beast, he was uh, we're still recovering from an injury, so he missed out on some Team USA stuff, but still absolutely showcasing why he's a top 50 player in the country. I think it was, a, it was a Sunrise Christian or a Wichita something area. It was something, but he looked dominant. Absolutely great. Pair him with a Pat Gongba. You could beat a team like Kansas. It doesn't matter who they bring in. That's a serious conversation you could have. You could have a top recruiting class in the Big 12 in your first, second, and third years with the, with the team. You go from a team that historically has been bad at recruiting, outside of the one year with Bob Huggins. I mean, Bruce Weber's best player ever was, you know, barely jumping the four-star, tipping the four-star scale. Coach Tang brings in multiple four-stars in his first year, and then gets a guy in David Castillo who could easily be a five-star if it weren't for his injury. And then you're legitimately winning talks with a center who was trained with Tim Duncan, the big fundamental. I think that Pat Gong was going to be a cat. I 100% do. But this weekend matters. K-State plays TCU. We'll talk about that. That absolutely matters. There's another commitment coming up as well. I didn't wait because I needed to get this episode out. I should have uploaded it yesterday, but we were at Big 12 Basketball Media Day, so it couldn't get done timeline-wise. But this is a recruitment we have to talk about. Switch sports with me for a minute. Let's jump to the football side of things. Michael Boganowski, four-star linebacker, Junction City, has to announce where he's going to college today at 4.30 p.m. Central. I'm recording this at 2.40 p.m. Central. From what I've seen, everybody and their brother believes it's Oklahoma. I've heard things in the scenes that say, well, he's going to Oklahoma, I've heard this and that, and you've seen that on social media, you've seen things like that. I don't want to gas anybody up and say, no, he's coming to K-State, because I don't have any intel that confirms that or denies that. But, if it does happen it speaks volumes to one player, and that's Avery Johnson. The only thing that could change this recruitment, because think about where Oklahoma's at right now. They're a top five team in the country. They just took down Texas, and Boganowski's cut his four schools down to Florida State. Yes, top five team, but I just don't think he's going to go that far out of state. He could. Don't think it's going to happen. Between Florida State, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Kansas State. I think that if I had to pick a hierarchy, it would go something along the lines of probably Oklahoma 1, K-State 2, and then, I don't know, Kansas 3, Florida State 4, even though Florida State's huge right now. I think the idea that we're going to get Michael Boganowski, most likely we've missed on that. We have most likely missed on that based off the slow start where we're at. But if there's anything that could change it, because it seems like for everything I've heard with Michael Boganowski is he's gone back and forth. He didn't know where he wants to go. You know, he's talked to himself. It's not just him enjoying the moment, which I think us as fans kind of thought for a bit. We all kind of saw it as like, ah, oh, he's just enjoying the recruitment. He's just hanging out. He's leaving his options open. We'll see what happens." From the interviews of what I've heard, the kid hasn't known where he's going for a while. You know, he's been very undecided. You know, he's got a couple of options, but he's not sure where exactly he's going. Say you make your mind up for Oklahoma because he did announce that he would be committing uh today and that was uh that his official commitment's coming today, but he announced that he would be committing on I think Tuesday the tenth or Monday the ninth or so, the weekend after the K State or excuse me, the Texas Oklahoma game. I don't think that's just coincidental. But the only thing that I'm saying is if this kid has changed his mind a lot through the recruitment process and has, you know, well, I'm not sure who I want to go to, and it's this late in the cycle, I would argue that maybe, just barely, maybe, baby bit, maybe, that Avery Johnson's five-touchdown performance showing the future of Kansas State football on a national scale against Texas Tech, that would be the only thing that could flip it. Because you've seen performances like DJ Giddens rushing for four touchdowns, 200-plus yards against UCF. He's a Junction City kid. That helps. The brand for the Boganowski family is all about the tape talks. And that's kind of a Junction City thing. It comes out about the Blue Jays. They talk about, you know, the success they've had. Junction City has had a lot of great players at Kansas State. You know, Ty Zimmerman's one. DJ, obviously, is the guy right now. But Boganowski has the possibility of going to K-State and doing that same thing. The only reason I have a sliver of a hope, and it's like sub-10%, I would say. You know what? I'm not going to give you that low. I'm going to say it's like, uh, I don't know, 72%, uh, 82% Oklahoma, 18% Kansas State. That would be my guess right now. But I don't think it was that high coming into the game on Saturday. I think Boganowski might have seen that game and said, you know what, there is a future there that I want to be a part of. I just don't know what's going to happen with Oklahoma. Because let's be honest, guys. Brent Venables, Oklahoma, they're dominating the NIL front compared to the other three schools. Unless Kansas throws $200,000 at him for no reason, that's a, that's a real fact. Oklahoma's dominating that front. Recruiting, they're moving to the SEC, there's good things happening. The only aspect of Kansas State football that we have over the other schools. Coaching, and it's it's not as massive as it was before the season started with Chris Kleiman versus Brent Venables, because everybody thought Brent Venables was a bum. He's not a bum. He's a good coach. Chris Kleiman is the best of the four coaches on that stage, whether that be Lance Leipold, uh, Brent Venables, I can't even tell you Florida State's coach's name, but he's doing a good job. That's the important part to figure out. There's a coaching element. There's a family history element. I mean, Mike Boganowski, his dad, is plugged in with the university. Former K-State guy. There's a lot of great things happening there. And they pay attention to the school that's 15, 20 minutes down the road. I mean, who wouldn't do that? K-State has pitched the family aspect. We know Boganowski's a family guy. I mean, on his official visit, you dress out his little brothers in K-State gear. Like full jerseys, helmets, pads, K-State stuff. I think the thing that we have that the other schools don't is Avery Johnson. Because yes, Oklahoma has Jackson Arnold. They have whatever. The lightning in a bottle that was showcased against Texas Tech could speak dividends for recruiting. But don't quote me on that, guys. Don't quote me on that. I'll talk about that next week. But the commitment officially starts here at about an hour and 45 minutes, and it's on a college football live channel. I think it's more than likely going to be Oklahoma. I mean, seriously, 80-plus percent of my brain says Oklahoma, maybe even more than that. But if there's any hint of purple in his mind, Avery Johnson sits at the root of that. I 100% believe that. You watch the kid that commits, who's the number one player in the class in the year before, who's had immediate success in his freshman year. That's big. That could pay dividends for Kansas State in the future. But I will say this, guys. we got to get out of here. we got our time limit hitting. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Everything Ema Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Hopefully some good things happen on the recruiting front this week. We'll talk about a lot going on. Hopefully, K-State gets a dub over TCU. We are currently favored by, I believe, 6.5 right now, 5.5 right now. We should take it. I believe Avery's going to roll again. I think there's going to be some good things happening. But I will talk to you here soon enough, my friends. Go Cats!